headache medicine. Check, got that. Antacid for upset stomachs. Yep, got that too. Crying towel, got that to the side here, yeah. What's that? The mic's on? Oh, hey, hey everybody. Hi, welcome to the Your Booking Report podcast, our first episode of season three. If you're a newbie, welcome. Hey, it's great to have you. It's awesome. My name is Scott Geezy. I'm entering my 22nd year as a representative for Justin's Yearbooks. And amazingly, I'm counting, I'm entering year 40 of being a journalist and broadcaster, going back to my own high school days. And all right, I was just kind of kidding about that stuff at the beginning, but think about it. I know there are teachers and yearbook advisors. They are stockpiling the Tylenol or aspirin or the Tums or Rolades or Pepto-Bismol. And yeah, they probably do have a crying towel somewhere. I tell you what, this year, this epic year, you're not going to need it. Why? Well, if you listen to the Yearbooking Report podcast and our accompanying video on YouTube every month, trust me, we're going to get you through this deal. I don't care what the virus or government or whatever throws at you. We're going to get through this deal. As I've been telling a lot of people, we're going to have an epic book to cover an epic year. There's never been a year like this. Everybody knows that. It's getting off to a rough start, depending on where you are, of course. And I don't think it's going to get much better as we proceed. But eventually, it will get better. So we just need to persevere. That big letter P word, persevere. And the other P word, maybe, patience. One step at a time, you're going to make an awesome yearbook this year. So no worries. But hey, keep listening. Keep watching Yearbook Report. We'll give you lots of great ideas as we go along here. But of course, for our first episode here of the new season, we thought, well, this is perfectly timed. Because depending on where you're listening to this already, you're doing remote learning at home this year, right? You're starting the year at home. Maybe it's the first nine weeks, the first three months, the first semester, whatever you want to call it. Other areas, my thought is, will probably join you at some point. I wouldn't be surprised if somehow we all end up in a full lockdown again. I hope not. I hope I'm totally wrong, but it wouldn't surprise me. So you're the yearbook advisor. What are you going to do if we're all thrown home again? You cannot get together with your staff. How are you going to lead them? Frankly, a lot of advisors really struggled with that back in the spring. Now, hopefully lots of lessons were learned. If somehow not, or maybe you're a rookie advisor, which means you picked a great time to join the, the, uh, the group here, we're going to share some great advice from someone who was remote advising all of last year, not just in the spring, the entire school year. It's our friend Erica Lynn Payne. Now, Erica is an outstanding veteran advisor of the Rock Academy in San Diego, California. But just over a year ago, as we're recording this, she had a, a surprise, I suppose. Her husband got a new job. Great. His new job was in Kentucky. And of course, Erica and the family followed, but the school wanted Erica to continue to be their yearbook advisor, and she wanted to continue to do it. Now, if you know your basic geography, you can tell that the distance from San Diego, California to Kentucky is well over 2,000 miles. And yet, despite doing this all year long last year, Erica and her staff did a dynamite job with their yearbook. It is awesome. So good. 
She's doing it again this year. So we had to talk to Erica because she is an absolute professional, fully experienced in leading a team remotely. She's going to share a lot of great ideas, advice, kind of some insights on her travels and experiences from this past year. You're going to love this. Hopefully you have a pad and pen there to take some notes. So first off, let's meet Erica. Well, first off, Erica, welcome to the Yearbooking Report. I have been looking forward to this interview, and I'll tell you why in a moment. But first, welcome. <laughs> we appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Scott. I really appreciate it. Now, Erica, I've seen you in action. And so when I say I've been looking forward to this interview, this one's going to be a little different than any other yearbook advisor I've talked to you because, I don't know, this is an old term. You are the bubbliest yearbook advisor, I think, I've met in a long time. And then when you're doing what we're going to talk about in the interview today, it's like, this is really cool. Have you always been like that? Yes, I have. Um, to my parents' chagrin, I've always been a high energy person. And so they involved me in a lot of performance opportunities when I was a child or camps, sports, everything to get the energy out. All right, now for folks listening to our podcast, of course, keep in mind, we always have our monthly video on YouTube called The Yearbooking Report. So if you want to see Erica in action, <laughs> go to the YouTube video and you will see what I am talking about. She's laughing, I'm laughing. We're all laughing here. Yes, I also get chased down the hall by a bird at our school. So if you follow at warrior underscore YB on Instagram, you can see lots of videos of my teaching fails through the years as well. Okay, you're going to get a lot of <laughs> Here we go. This guy interesting. Now, we're going to talk about a lot of different things here, but the number one issue is something that, Erica, you became very experienced with that some people became experienced with back in the spring, but now a whole lot of people, I think, are going to become experienced with, and that is trying to lead a yearbook staff remotely. Now, we're recording this interview in July, so for just about everybody everywhere, school has not started yet. So depending on when you're listening to this and so on, you know, maybe you're just getting started and you're listening to this. And let's hope, and I've got my fingers firmly crossed, yes. that we all don't get thrown back home again, although I've become a bit of a pessimist this year. I call myself a good pessimist. <laughs> meaning I'm not evil or anything, but I just, oh, this insane situation. So this lady we're about to talk to knows the ropes. So pay attention, grab a pad, take some notes, and here we go. First off, Erica, let's get a little background about you. Tell us something okay. about yourself. You know, where do you teach? What do you teach? What's your experience and so on? Thank you. Um, so I always say right now I'm at like a 16 to life sentence. I did two years of yearbook in high school. I wrote for my college paper. I was the arts and entertainment assistant editor. And then when I went into teaching, my whole goal the first five years is how do I get a yearbook program? Um, I loved yearbook. I loved journalism. And it's just one of those things where I think it helped me define who I was as a person because I could apply my type A personality, um, my introverted, I can work on my own. Uh, understanding of who I am and also my creative aspects. So it really melded who I was as a person and gave me an outlet. Um, also, it gave me leadership opportunities. And I think had I not been an editor-in-chief my senior year, I don't know if I would have pursued even kind of being a walk-on, if you will, to the newspaper staff at my college. 
So uh, it really helped shape who I am today, and I've seen the way that yearbook has changed lives of my students. So when I started at Rock Academy 10 years ago, the yearbook program was a final project in our visual communications or graphic design class. And we had a very small yearbook. Every page looked exactly the same. It was very templated and um, there was no theme. It was always a spirit book. Everything was purple one year, then it would be black and then it would be purple and then it would be black, etc. And so I just said, hey, can I do a yearbook class? And the next thing you know, I had five students. And so it's just gone from there. Um, last year in February, my husband took a job in Kentucky. He moved and the kids and I followed in June. So for over a year, I've been advising a team remotely. We've used Zoom and Google Classroom exclusively to get this done. All right, now tell us something about your school. Our school is a private K-12 school. And uh, we have the challenge of creating a yearbook that is relevant and draws in a five-year-old as well as a 19-year-old. So we have a very widespread. Um, we also have an early education center that has students as young as six months, excuse me, six weeks through that pre-kindergarten age. We feature those students and their staff in the book, but we do not consider them a part of our three times coverage. Okay, so I believe your school is called the Rock Academy. It is, right? Rock Academy in San Diego, California. Now, folks, if you're paying attention closely, the school is in San Diego, California. Erica just mentioned two minutes ago, she's apparently in Kentucky. 2,500 miles away. I was gonna say, I know my basic geography and there's some <laughs> serious distance between yes. those two. Time and, and space. I'm gonna assume the school didn't give you like a nice visa card that you could do back and forth flights all the time. <laughs> no. That. Taking a train would take too long. So <laughs> in other words, you moved to Kentucky Mm -hmm. last summer. Yes. Correct? And you're still in Kentucky. I am still in Kentucky. And you're going to be in Kentucky. I'm not leaving. But you're still working for a school in San Diego, California. Yes, sir. I'm curious. I'm just <laughs> curious. Have you ever gotten any pushback on that? Like, oh, this is never going to work. Oh, we got to yes. do something different. How, how'd that not, happen there? I have the best administration team. And that is really hard for me to say because just as a person, I don't like being told what to do. Um, <laughs> so I don't take direction very well. That was always something that came up on my report cards. And my principal used to be a yearbook advisor when she started teaching. And she knows how much work it is. She's also worked at other schools where she's had to hire yearbook advisors. And she said that yearbook advisors have always been the bane of her existence until she came to Rock Academy and she saw yearbook done our way. And she said she was not willing to let me go um, because she didn't want to hire another yearbook advisor because she didn't want to cause a disruption in what we have built the last 10 years. So um, they offered me a contract to advise remotely. I of course accepted that. And um, this is, how it came to be. I did get to fly back to go to the San Diego Justin's yearbook workshop last July. Um, and then I flew back once in, I can't remember if it was October or November to just get ready for our first deadline. And then once coronavirus happened, my second and third trips of the year were canceled. So I was going to come back in um, and it just didn't happen. So my students did yearbook distribution on their own. 
they did four deadlines on their own. And I've never been more proud of a book, and I can truly say that it is a student-led, student-completed yearbook. We're going to touch more on that as we go along here. Okay. So you're in Kentucky. Now, are you teaching in Kentucky? I am. <laughs> so you're teaching at two schools? Yes, I am. Wow. We mean, shh, what does that mean? <laughs> Come on, it's not a secret. Oh, everybody anymore. knows. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. It's full disclosure. It's just... not a secret anymore, lady. That's the way it goes. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Now, that's, I mean, granted, now for Rock Academy in California, you're the yearbook advisor. Is that it? Or is there some other job? Yes. No, Rock Academy, Cal San Diego, California. I am the yearbook advisor, the journalism teacher. Um, I was doing social media marketing, and that has stopped. The advancement team is going to fully take that on, so that's no longer on me. Okay, I mean, you're not like teaching English or some other subject or something like no. that? No. Okay, all right. Um, hmm. Is that a tough juggle? Two jobs? It is. It is two jobs, and it's hard because part of my heart was left in San Diego with my students, with the school, um, and you have to understand that this is the school I heard about the school and I told the person who was in charge and I said, I'm going to teach at the school. And that person said, <laughs> you know, good job. Like kind of passed me on. And then, so when the school opened, I applied, I was turned down. I applied the second time I was turned down. I applied a third time I was turned down. And a few years went by, I worked at other schools, did a couple of other things. So about five years, then they opened the high school and I said, you need me. And they said, not yet. And so I kind of gave up on working there and I thought for sure like this was just the vision and the way things are going like this is what I've always wanted to do this is like my dream school and then they came after me and that was great so it gave me a little leverage but you know um so then I've been there for the last 10 years and I you know saw it get built I was there for the ribbon cutting I've been there for capital campaigns um so it's just been a part of my heart so it was really hard to leave because I hate we're not allowed to use this book in my word in my book, but family, you know, my son went there from 18 months through fourth grade. My daughter and my other son both started at six weeks and were a part of the preschool or the early education program. So my family and my kids have been there for so long and I've been a part of the organization for 15 years. And so it was, it was difficult to leave. And at the same time, that's why it's so easy to still have a foot in the door if that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine all what you just said. That, that must have been tough. Yeah. Um, now, if I assume you're going to be either in Kentucky forever or at least for a while, uh -huh. how long are you prepared to keep doing this? I mean, have you thought about that? Yes, and I think maybe a year or two more. Um, I don't think it's a sustainable model. I think because, sorry, I don't think it's a sustainable model because yearbook is all about stories it's about relationships it's about digging deep and so much of what you do as an advisor in terms of the advising and coaching that you provide needs to be in person there are certain things and i think we all figured that out when everything went online that we just can't do we can't do as talking heads i cannot show right i can't teach a student how to be in the gym taking photos if I, you know, I have to physically like turn them the angle, you know, shoot from under the basket, lay underneath the table, sit on the bleachers, you know, and we do it together. I, my philosophy of teaching is show, not tell. 
Like I am usually with my students a lot in the beginning. We do so many practice um, shots. We go into the chapel and we, we shoot the worship team rehearsing in the dark so we can practice low level shooting when they just have rehearsal. We um, get to know, I put my yearbook students on the crew for the musical so they have angles and access that other students don't have. So there's so much that we, that has to be done in person. So I'm in the process of right now of training up an advisor. And so that's kind of, we're gonna transition over the next few years where somebody else is gonna take the reins as an advisor because I do not believe that online yearbooking like this is sustainable. Hmm, that's very interesting. That, that answered a question I was gonna ask. You know, how long-term is this? And I, I think I agree with you. You really need to be there to physically teach. And of course, right now here in the summer, there's this debate between physical teaching mm -hmm. and online teaching. And I'm just talking about teaching, not yeah. just your book. I mean, teaching in general, boom, boom. Um, and is one somehow better than the other? It sounds like you might think both need to work together. I mean, is that a future model for education? Well, I think it might be a future model for journalism. I don't want to speak to what I do when I teach history or English online because it is a very, it's a different ballgame. I, I feel like they're very different. Um, my students have the opportunity of going to our local news station because I'm a friend with a reporter and she showed us what they do. And so much of what our professional news media does is remote. I mean, she is the face doing the broadcasting, but she's also editing. She's in a bay recording her own voiceovers. And so she has to learn multiple skills. She's conducting interviews um, remotely. Even before we have this Zoom thing, you might have a person in a different location and you have to have a, a conversation. So I think because yearbook is so life-giving and we talk about 21st century skills, but you and I both know and every advisor knows what we do in your book is so transferable outside of the world, even if you're not a journalism major, but being able to communicate with different people, being able to listen, that's huge. And that's something that we teach, you know, with, um, with interviews is how do you be a good listener? How do you actually hear what's said so you can ask another probing question? Um, so often when we talk to people, someone shares an anecdote or something that they dealt with and what does the, the hearer do? Like turns it all about themselves, you know, and yearbook 101 is we don't do that. And so I think what we're doing, strengthening students, it will be, there will be online application for it, but so much more the relationship building we do has to be done in person. Um, I think of something very specific is a quarter of my team was returners. Three quarters were brand new. And then within that, I have taught every single student but one, okay? And our first 10 or so Zoom meetings were crickets. They didn't know how to relate to one another virtually because we started out in the summer. We would meet every Sunday night and just talk for 30 to 45 minutes, plan a little bit, play some games, just to build rapport because they couldn't, they didn't know how to talk to a head on a video. They can text. I can make a funny video and post it so you can, you know, double tap it, but they don't know how to communicate. And so there's, like I said, there's just so much more that we well, do. i tell you what, before we go into the main part of our interview here, do you think that's changed? Because in essence, everybody was forced into this mm -hmm. in March and April. No choice, essentially. Right. 
Whereas you started doing this like, you know, a year ago. And so, mm -hmm. okay, here's what we're going to do. We were all forced into doing it several months ago. Is it better now? I think it's not better. I think we are better prepared for fall than we would have been. I think so many people, I mean, and this is why I've always had problems with administration is you have people who don't do the job tell you to do something. Um, our local school district, people are dealing with this right now. Do you want your child to be a part of a hybrid? Do you want your child to be fully online? And parents are making this decision. Nobody's talking to the teacher. Nobody's looking at the kids who are just there. The kids aren't all right. You know, they're missing so much. And so I think all these decision makers, even the Academy of Pedi American Academy of Pediatrics, their first thing is we need kids to be in community. We need kids to have face-to-face -face in classroom learning. Like that's their first recommendation. Here's what we need to make it happen, but they need to be in school because they're seeing so much depression. They're seeing so much overeating. They're seeing anxiety. We are forced to do this, but we have so much unknown and it's not helping anybody. So I don't know if I answered your question, but I think I don't like it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, let's, let's just, just... Seen some, I have an extrovert for a child and he is, he just felt like squished. Yes. Go, like being stuck. Like, and that's, it broke my mama's heart. I could be in a cave for the rest of my life and I'd be okay. <laughs> Well, I think we'll just say the adventure continues. How about that? The adventure so continues, yeah. We'll get back to more with Erica Lynn Payne from Kentucky and also San Diego, California. She's going to really get into the nuts and bolts of how she and her group did their remote work last year. So stay tuned. That's coming up here in just a bit. Now, this is for Jostin schools only. So if you're a non-Jostin school, I'll tell you what, I want you to keep listening. And you're going to find out why here in about a minute. For Jostin's high schools and colleges, our new Yearbook Plus digital tool, well, you can call it what you want. Call it the bomb or call it unbelievable. Call it amazing. A lot of folks have used those terms. And this amazing new digital tool is just about ready to be turned on. And we're going to change the yearbook storytelling game forever. All right. It's been a challenge for every yearbook staff out there. You know, you want to cover as many kids in the book as many times as you can. Some folks do it well. Some, eh, frankly, not so well. Some folks don't do it at all. Well, how can we help with that? Well, for years, we had an app, you know, on your phone or an iPad or something, our Replay It mobile app, which was a great app. Problem was, a lot of folks don't want to put more apps on their devices. They just don't. We did surveys of kids, and they told us loud and clear, I really don't want another app. I'm not going to use it. And so for those yearbook apps out there, frankly, they don't get much usage, and they have to be updated all the time and all that sort of stuff. No. And so our tech group went to work and did the research. I mean, thorough research. And they came up with what we call Yearbook Plus. Yearbook Plus is a digital tool that any device can use at any time, anywhere. All you have to do is activate it, and then every student in your school, and I mean every single one, will have the opportunity to tell their own story with their own pictures this school year, this epic school year. 
This is an amazing tool. Now, this is not videos. No, no way. Kids told us, no, we don't want that. Really, we don't. It's not likes. There's no writing. It's all about great photos. Imagine if you could do that. Tell your own story in up to 10 pictures. Imagine that. 10 times coverage. Wow. So everybody in school, let's be honest, nobody can make the excuse anymore, well, they didn't cover me. Well, now you have the chance to cover yourself. And it's tied to the pages of the yearbook. So in other words, folks don't get to see this really cool show until the book comes out. And also, yearbook staffs have a chance to do more storytelling with great pictures that maybe they just didn't have room for on the pages of their book. And that, that's probably just about any yearbook staff out there, hopefully. You have way more pictures than you can actually use. Well, what if you had a way to easily show those off and people could easily access them with whatever mobile device they've got? That's Yearbook Plus. This is going to be an amazing year, first of all, because it will be, but also because Yearbook Plus is going to change the yearbooking game. We're going to get everybody involved. We can do it. Even adults, you know, those folks, faculty section, headshots in the book and so on. Yeah, they can do this too. Colleges, absolutely. So get ready, folks. You Jostens high schools and colleges, get ready for Yearbook Plus. If somehow you still haven't heard about this yet, please, Contact your Johnson's representative. They'll give you all the information when it gets officially activated here in just a little bit. Let's have some fun this amazing school year telling everybody's story. And I mean everybody. Yearbook Plus. Contact your Johnson's uh, representative for more information on this. Now, again, if we're all separated, you know, we're thrown back home again, what do you do with your yearbook staff? Well, let's get back to more with our friend Erica Lynn Payne, who has some great advice. All right, now let's talk about this situation that you were in. Mm -hmm. All right, now we touched on you were in California, you moved to Kentucky last summer, long before this virus showed up, and you decided we're going to lead this group remotely. Now, you weren't forced into it, if you will, this was a, a choice, okay? Mm -hmm. So let's start from the beginning. How did you set this all up? Because this is even. Before, well, before the virus showed up, very highly unusual. How right. did you get this all put together and set up to start with? I always start each year with um, what I call a SWOT analysis. This is something, my husband's big corporate guy, and this is something that they always do with their executive planning. You look at the strengths, look at the weaknesses, you look at the opportunities, and then you look at the threats. And so I always tell my students, threats are things that we cannot control. So we take our weaknesses, we turn them into opportunities, and the things that we can't change, we just put, I call it tabled um, for the T for SWAT. And so the first thing I did was just, what was it like on campus? And then how do I create some semblance of that online? Things that I can't control, I can't control equipment checkout anymore. So I had to devise a system for that because my students were on campus. They did have a teacher in the room with them while they were working. However, I could not give anything to that. That was like the teacher's prep and the person was just like an adult in the room for legality's sake. So I had to come up with um, those kinds of solutions to figure out how to do what we do. And I've always had my teams, we get together in the summer. So instead of us meeting up at Starbucks and doing some big planning or having a pizza party at my house and going swimming, you know, we ended up 
just meeting on Zoom every Sunday night. And so after I did my SWOT analysis, came up with what I needed to, we did a SWOT analysis as a team. So first with my editorial staff and then with the whole group, and we just continued to add and build that list, really build out our strengths and opportunities. That's what I really try to focus on is the S and the T, because I wanna keep it positive. I wanna keep them excited about the school year. From there, we created our theme. Um, we tried to figure out as best as we could what verbal and visual elements we were gonna hit. And we prepared ourselves for the San Diego workshop because we knew that was the next time we were all gonna be together. Um, so there we planned and planned and planned and planned. Um, we got to design our cover. We came up with the major uh, templates, our modules. I also, we have a running Google doc that we keep throughout the year with what I call evergreen ideas. So these are story ideas or module ideas that we can, that are timeless. You know, hydro flasks were a big deal. So we did a little mod on hydro flasks. Um, what's in your backpack? Things like we wear uniform school. So how do people accessorize their uniforms? Those are things that are timely, but if somebody is, you know, somebody's got homecoming, which is in November, and they don't have any spreads at the beginning of the year, they can be collecting all that stuff and just putting it in folders so we can pull it as we need. Um, another thing that I wanted to do is I teach my students to look at idiom dictionaries. Our theme was no looking back. We did an anaglyph 3D. So we hid, um, we layered cyan and red images. So if you blinked one eye over the other, you would see different things, sometimes with text. We also did a lot of 3D photos on our theme pages. Um, because we had look, we looked up looking, seeing, vision idioms. So we had like sight unseen, these are hidden spots on campus. Um, we did through this person's eyes and we talked to students on how they're preparing for their character for the musical. We did an I spy. So at the start on the theme page for every section, we had an I spy. Can you find four basketballs? Can you find three sets of twins? Can you find, you know, these kinds of things. And so we keep a running list of those because it gives us really punny head headlines. Um, and it also gives us ideas, you know, like if you have, um, watch the clock. Well, what could we use watch the clock for? That can be anything, you know, we're watching the clock as the school day goes, we're watching the clock at the basketball championships, we're watching the clock, you know, to beat our PR for track, so all kinds of things. Um, and so just keeping those systems and running docs and then also having a very organized year, I think that helped us get off to a strong start. Folks, a lot of great ideas in there. Hopefully you were taking notes. Um, real quick, SWAT is S-W-O-T, mm -hmm. not the other SWAT, not the police. Yeah. Right? Let's talk about that one. If you look it up months. online, it's actually, it's an old business idea, mm -hmm. but it's very effective when it comes to organizing. I know I've done it, S-W-O-T. Look it up, folks. If you've never heard of that before, it's pretty cool. Now, all right, Erica, so you're in Kentucky. Your group's in California. How were how did you organize them? Like from an editorial standpoint, a responsibility standpoint, how did you handle that? Well, so one of the ways I run my program that's different than other schools is my students do everything. I don't have students that are just photographers, just writers, just designers. Um, each of my students is assigned a spread and they are in charge of all of it. Does that mean if you're doing, um, spring sports that you're going to every single game no because we didn't have spring sports but um you would you would parse that out and so we have a weekly staff meeting where we go over the needs for the week the needs for the next week and um we go through all of our action items i always try to teach a lesson 
and it's there, somebody's like, hey, there's a basketball game on Thursday night, I can't go because it's a history night, and somebody else says, okay, I'll take that. And so we just keep open communication, and those staff meetings made sure that we stayed where we needed to be. All right, open communication. You mentioned you had group meetings on Sunday nights. Mm -hmm. Well, I assume you had some kind of communication during the week. How'd you handle that? Correct. Um, so I met in person with my staff. Um, a lot of people I've been talking to on some of the yearbook Facebook pages or even the journalism teacher Facebook page, a lot of them, their schools don't require them to meet with their students. My students were required to be there. We have a block schedule and an AB week. So either three 90 minute classes or two 90 minute classes a week. And my students and I were always together for those 90 minute classes. Um, and our school structured it in such a way where um, it was afternoon time, Eastern Standard where I am, and it was in the morning at there. So it, the time difference worked out so I could do my other teaching in the morning and then um, this in the afternoon. Anything with like emailing, texting, anything like that? We had a group chat, yes. Um, <laughs> that was probably one of the best things. Just so many inside jokes on there, or just funny gifts. But um, so every day we have a post of the day, and somebody's responsible for posting on Instagram. It, we have a schedule. So if it was Kennedy's turn, she would put her photo up, she would put her caption, and then two people would have to approve it on the group chat. And that way we would know that there was a record that it was approved. Um, I would use it sometimes as a teaching opportunity to explain, you know, why we don't start every post with the subject. You know, we don't use last names. That's one of our policies, but we do put the grade in parentheses, or if they're an alumni, we put the graduation year in parentheses. So we just, it was a teaching opportunity for me just to like throw another like 15 second lesson out there. Um, we also, like I said, we had a weekly staff meeting. So uh, the first time we met, whether it was Monday or Tuesday, that 90 minute class for the most part was us brainstorming the week ahead and getting ahead of things. Um, at me, everybody has a 15 second checkup. And so we would go around and everybody gives, I would put the bullet points what they're supposed to address and they would have 15 seconds to address all of those things. They know that it was coming so they could prepare themselves, you know, and it gets better as the year goes on. And then 15 seconds also, I, I said this at JAU, but it eliminates time for excuses. You only have 15 seconds, you can't blame it on everybody else. You know, you can take responsibility. Oh, I forgot I'm supposed to interview, I'll do that today, you know, blah, 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 and they do their 15 seconds. So we had a lot of communication. And then on the other days when we're working, they're working with their screen on. I'm on their screen, hello. I can see them at any time. I can be like, hey, Scott, share with me what you're working on. And then you and I could talk through some stuff and I'd be like, okay, and I'd unshare with you and then I would go to Kennedy. And then I would go to Betts and then Clarice, you know, and you just bounce around the room just like I would as an advisor in person. So it sounds like, and I guess you didn't have a choice, you gave a ton of responsibility to your kids. I mean, total trust. I mean, did that ever fall through or falter at some point? No, it did not. They did have total, our program has always been total trust. Um, we have no administrative review. And because our students always are the ones putting things together, um, they know that going in. And I talk to the parents, we have parent meetings. Every time before a big deadline, I send an email out to the parents, hey, here's what your daughter's working on. Here's what your son's working on, you know? And so they know what's going on. Um, also, yearbook's a really big deal at our school. 
we have spent a lot of, it wasn't always that way. We have spent a lot of time building that culture and marketing ourselves and our brand as warrior yearbook that it is, a, it is a source of pride for our school. So nobody wants to be the one to mess that up. Um, what, when they're on staff, so it's, it's a big deal. All right. Any note for any, well, any advisor listening, but definitely rookie advisors listening. I, Erica hit something that I've been trying to preach for 20 years. Market your brand. Your yearbook has a brand. Don't be a secret in your building. Let people know that you're there, you're doing cool stuff. Show some of it maybe every now and then, but don't be some secret in a back room. And unfortunately, Erica, in my experience, that, that's what too many yearbook staffs are, a secret in a back room. Like, no, 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 no. And then all of a sudden, surprise, here's our book. You know, like, yeah. where'd that come from? Oh, I didn't even know you people existed. Wow. Market your brand. That's so crucially important. Okay. So the year is going along mm -hmm. and all the things you just talked about, as the year was going along, what were your main worries? Or maybe what were some things that just didn't work? They just... It seemed like a good idea and it just clunked. Was there anything like that? Um, some things that were, I wouldn't say they didn't work. I, I think I'm old school, so I need to see stuff in print. So when I'm proofing, right? So we have, we have it has to be peer edited first with a friend. Then it gets edited by our editor in chief. Then it comes to me. We call it pain ready by the time it gets to me. Okay. Then I go through it. And I can't look at the screen, you know, I can look at the screen and be like, oh, this is perfect. But then when I print it out, it's like, like you see stuff. And so it was really hard to print stuff out, make all the markings here in Kentucky, take photos of it with my cell phone, send it to my students along with like a running list of this needs to be changed. Double check the font on the lead because I don't think that's our lead font, you know, like the spacing is kind of weird and all these little things. And then they would do it and then I would get it back and be like, oh, no, no, that was the wrong one. You know, like, so the editing was a challenge. I, I, I'll throw this out there. We have a spread that got in the book and printed with no headline, Scott. I've never had that happen. Wait a minute. How did that happen? No. <laughs> I don't know. And that's one of those things like we couldn't even like we could do a crack and peel. But as soon as I saw it, it was like, oh, yeah, the plates are already made. And like, oh, thanks, Justin, for being on top of it. You know, so I don't know. You know, you always do your best proofreading after it's submitted. That was like that was one of those things where you just I didn't sleep for two days after that. It's just kicking myself. And that's my that comes on me, you know. Well, I tell you what, I've always had an old saying, and I still do. A perfect yearbook has not yet been created. Right. So go to sleep, all right? Get, get to sleep, all right? It just... Yes, sir. Stuff happens, you know? We'll get back to our final segment with Erica Lynn Payne of the Rock Academy in San Diego, California, by way of Kentucky with some more great advice and insights and also advice maybe for newer or rookie advisors. Stay tuned for that. She's got some great things to tell. Now, again, this is going to be a challenging year. I mean, we don't have rose-colored glasses on here. This is going to be, at the very least this fall, is going to be a rough fall in many places. And then winter comes. And I've heard some folks say, well, what about the flu? 
Well, in some cases, you know, the flu bug can be kind of nasty. By the way, please get a flu shot. All right, get a flu shot. Yours truly here, I've already arranged to get a flu shot once they come into my local uh, doctor. I've already arranged. I'm thinking, I'm not going to mess with this this year. No way. Because we don't know when a COVID shot's going to come. Probably not going to be until sometime in 2021. And whenever we can finally get to that point, and we will, there's going to be a waiting line. You know, the most important people, you know, doctors and nurses and healthcare folks, should they be in the front of the line? Of course they should. Maybe kids should be near the front of the line. Definitely older folks, folks with some kind of an existing health condition, they should be somewhere near the front of the line. Luckily, I'm in great health. I'm going to be somewhere probably in the back of the line someplace. But no matter what, it's going to be a rough year. But I tell you what, I want you to do something. If you're a Jostin school, or I tell you what, even if you're not a Jostin school right now, Make sure your Jostens representative is part of your team. Now, again, I've been doing this for over two decades, and I've been fortunate. I've had a chance to work with some great yearbook advisors and great yearbook staffs, and the ones where I'm an active team member, an active partner, I love that. And almost invariably, those are terrific yearbooks where the kids have a lot of fun putting it together every year. But then again, I've got some others out there, not so much. I tell you what, a strong piece of advice, no matter where you're listening from, if you're not doing this already, make your Jostens representative an active member of your team, even if it's online. Trust me, we've had a lot of experience over the last number of months doing online meetings and Zooming and videos and all that sort of stuff. We've got it down pat, and we actively want to be a part of every single yearbook team out there. They're filled with experience, filled with knowledge, filled with resources. Remember, you got your entire Jostens team behind you, the biggest and best team in the business. Put them to work for you. Let them help you. Don't be a stranger, even if we're all thrown home again. Please, my simple plea, let your Jostens representative be an active partner with you. And I tell you what, if you don't actively work with Jossens right now, you know, maybe kind of you're thinking about it or you're just here to get some great ideas and advice. That's fine. Contact them anyway. Seek them out. If maybe you're not getting as much as you really think you should right now, I can guarantee your Jossens representative is ready and waiting to help you out. Contact them. You will not be disappointed. Right now, let's get back to our final segment with Erica Lynn Payne on remote advising. I'm trying to remember different parts of the country. Mid-March comes. Mm-hmm. I, think it, it, I think this pretty much hit everybody at the same time. Mid-March yes. comes and the insanity starts. In other words, the virus shows up mm-hmm. to the end of the year. Did that change anything? Or were you guys just like three steps ahead of everybody else and you guys never missed a beat? Did it change anything when the lock, lockdown occurred? The only thing it changed is my students were doing class from a different place. So instead of being in a room, everybody on a computer Zooming together, they were all in their homes Zooming. Um, We did have a little culture shift. Um, When my students went home, they both in class like in their bed or with a hoodie on, you know, the camera just like on their forehead and those kinds of things. So you just take it and you turn it into a teaching opportunity. We discuss, well, what, 
you know, how would you light this for a photo shoot? What kind of light do you need? Okay, and so how do you frame yourself in on the shot? Um, so that way everybody looked like they were having a professional Zoom conversation. So in other words, as far as the work is concerned, nothing ever, how do I put this? Nothing ever stopped Nothing ever slowed down because there were tons of yearbook stabs out there. When they got thrown into lockdown, it's like everything hit the brakes. And in some cases, they didn't start going again for weeks and weeks and weeks. That never happened to your group. It did not. And the only, the, we got tripped up by spring sports not happening. And we had that pile of evergreen stories on the back end. So we took a lot of stuff that we had done early on in the year and were able to plug it in and have extra trend spreads. Um, we, one of my students was practicing flat lays and dumped kids' backpacks out all over, you know, this wood stuff and she took flat lay pictures and she had already interviewed people and now we have a trend spread, you know, but this was stuff that we probably wouldn't have used. And because right. we had done extra work, we had this available. All right, now this next question, I, I'm fairly certain. <laughs> Don't I hate me, people. <laughs> I'm fairly certain I know how you're going to answer this question. <laughs> yes, right. sir. But I'm going to throw it to you anyway, because I know some folks are going to hit this. If the worst happens again this fall and, hey, everybody has to go home again, you know, all that stuff, okay? As an advisor, there are a lot – let me back up. In two decades of doing this, I've seen too many instances where advisors pick up the work from kids who drop the ball. In other words, a kid doesn't follow through – and the advisor strikes, oh, I'll finish it. I'll take care of that. In your scenario from this past year and moving forward, would you do that? Yes, no, and why? I, I would say no. And the reason is the way our, and again, I work at a great school where I have relationships. Like I make relationships with all my students' parents. So if a student is dropping the ball or didn't, like I had a student who was sick this year and she couldn't make the Zoom call. Well, like she's just in bed. And so she texted me, mom texted me and mom's like, well, what can I have her work on when she feels better? That's just the culture we have. And again, it didn't start out like that. My first sports editor wasn't allowed to go to games after school. so. It didn't start out like that, but we, like our whole family's involved. Like all the parents of my students were helping put the books together for distribution. That's, that's the way our school is. So I, I couldn't imagine now one of my students not finishing. So it was an absolute team effort. You had a great team. I did have a great team and I thank God every day for every single, I mean, it was all girls this year. I didn't have one boy, which was crazy. <laughs> Well, I hit that too often. Oh, but it was, it was like they called the sisterhood of the traveling pants. That's what they called each other, you know? And so <laughs> it, it worked. And, you know, I think it's one of those, like I get to pick my, I get to say yes or no to my students. Again, I have some luxuries that other schools don't necessarily have. You know, they, yearbook is a dumping ground. And I think because we invested so much time over last summer building rapport that we didn't stuff where people have to learn how to communicate online how to how to trust that you're going to show up when i can't see you or touch you or put you in that position like there, there's just this whole level of rapport that needs to be built again for all advisors but definitely for the rookies do everything you can do to build a team 
If parents are part of the team, I'd say, hey, that's great. That's wonderful. You know, absolutely recruit those folks, but do everything. It's just, I know there's some advisors, they he they're hearing that and they're shaking their heads right now. Oh, I know. I'll work at my school. Oh, that'll never happen. Folks, find a way to make it happen. Otherwise, your hair goes gray way too early and you start losing some of it. All right. Just <laughs> not work. Yeah, you need to have that set meeting time to get together and work together. Um, I know a lot of my friends and colleagues that I've spoke to with other schools, it was just kind of an honor system. You know, you would still have your deadlines, but they didn't do the Zoom calls. Like their school didn't require that. Whereas our school did, even if you weren't going to have like in-person class, they had a reading assignment or a video or they were working on a project. Like we had Rube Goldberg's going on with our physics students you still had to check in for 15 minutes with each teacher and that's how the teacher took role. And then all of us had office hours as well. Um, and I think because we had that expectation that you were going to be present in class, we had a ridiculous, we had more better attendance when we went offline than we did when we were in person. All right. Now we're looking school. ahead to the new, we're looking ahead to the new school year. Mm -hmm. Now, you're experienced at this, obviously. A lot of folks, no, most folks out there are still either rookies mm -hmm. or they struggled in the spring and they're wondering, oh, how am I going to do this, you know, if we're doing remote stuff and so on. Mm -hmm. What are some things that you would do? You're absolutely going to do it exactly the same this year. And is there anything that you might do differently? I think um, differently for sure. There's going to be a lot of things that we do differently in terms of content. You know, in California, CIF has made two seasons now. So all of our fall sports have been pushed out. Now we just have like a winter and a spring season, if those even happen. So what are we going to do in fall? How are we going to cover those kids? And um, Jessica Hunziger brought up some amazing stuff in her JAU presentation about how do we focus on the stories of the athletes? How are students training differently as a result? What, how is this affecting students who are being recruited? And I think we have an amazing opportunity to tell different stories. You know, what are some family traditions that we've never covered in the book before? Um, our school is 20% international, and we're going to lose that diversity this year. Um, that our students from Africa, Southeast Asia, Europe, and um, Mexico bring to our and Australia bring to our student body because visas aren't happening as easily as they used to. Um, so, you know, what are, what are things that we are doing to showcase um, the different voices in our student body, the different perspectives we have? And so I think um, I'm going to spend a lot of time at the beginning of the year developing interview uh, skills with my students. Our team is significantly bigger. There's actually two periods of yearbook this year for the first time ever. So that's amazing at our school. And um, so the, the, the skill set I'm going to focus on is going to be way different. Um, we are very, we have an amazing photography teacher at our school, so our school is very photographic, and we have an amazing design teacher, and so that visual aspect is very strong. So I think this year the focus will be verbal and storytelling and creating something that lasts and captures the humans. You and I are on the same wavelength here, I'll tell you that. Uh, what I've been telling folks until I get hoarse is back in the spring, we found out that what we what I call events and groups can be mm -hmm. canceled. Mm -hmm. But that makes up the bulk of most yearbooks everywhere. Mm -hmm. 
people will never be canceled and they mm -hmm. all have stories to tell. I Go love that. Them. That sound about right? It does sound right. And then, I mean, just think about, I just think about all of our kids that have multiple brothers and sisters because we are K-12. You know, like one of my yearbook students, she would help her mom homeschool her younger brothers and sisters because there's five of them. Um, you have other students whose parents are both essential workers and they're the ones getting everybody around the table and deciding who gets the iPad when. And even that is an amazing story that we were able to just capture this much. And if everybody's online, you know, there's so much more we can do. Stories are out there, folks. Go find them. Mm -hmm. They're absolutely out there. Okay, one more question. Okay. And it's my favorite wrap-up whenever I get a chance to talk to an advisor like yourself. I'm sure we have some rookie advisors listening, young advisors, second year, third year, and so on. Either from this past year or your entire experience, what is some advice that you would give for brand new or young advisors so they do a great job and keep their sanity? What's some advice you would give them? Ooh, what advice would I give a first year yearbook advisor? Uh -oh, um, I, well, okay. there's, there's so there's, I've made so many mistakes. And so I'm just like, what would be the biggest thing to learn? I would think, um, decide what three things you're going to do this year and do them excellently. If you are going to teach expanded captions, um, and do chronological coverage and work on three times coverage, stop right there. You know, you don't need to, you know, spend all this time this year, you know, working on different photographic angles. You don't need to go this year working on um, design elements. You know, if those are the three things you're gonna focus on, do those three things really well. And then next year, pick three more things that you're gonna add on. So then your program's gonna be known for six things. Um, it takes five years to build a program. When I coached, I knew that. It would take five years to develop these girls into a winning volleyball team. It took five years to build a yearbook program at our school. Um, it took five years to build a theater pro, you know, so it takes five years to build a program. So one year at a time and start small then conquer the world my, my baseball analogy is you don't need to hit a home run just get a hit yeah just get a hit you're, you're you're brand new at this get a hit and then next year try to get another hit and mm -hmm. eventually you're scoring runs and you're winning the game there it is if we ever play baseball again but uh, who knows uh, craziness so anyway very quickly again for folks listening to our podcast Please make sure to check out our video on YouTube, the Yearbooking Report, the August episode. Just search for Yearbooking Report. One thing comes up. You have got to see Erica in action on the screen. I'm watching her gesture and move around and all this other stuff. I'm thinking, I've never had an interview quite like this one. This is really cool. <laughs> you are, the word I used at the beginning was bubbly, and I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Right? I'm dangerous. <laughs> dangerous. Well, hey, we really appreciate your time today. Thank you so Thank much you for joining. Thank you so much, Scott. Well, again, a big thank you to Erica. I tell you what, make sure if you haven't, check out our yearbooking report video on YouTube. 
Again, just go to YouTube, search for Your Booking Report. Only one thing comes up. You will see Erica in action. When I said bubbly earlier, I mean she is just just a hurricane, a tornado of activity. It would be really fun to be on her yearbook staff every year. So congrats to the folks from the Rock Academy in San Diego. You guys have a fantastic yearbook advisor. Have some fun. I know you'll have some fun this year. In the meantime, for the rest of us, yes, take a deep breath. It's going to be a nutty year. And just acknowledge that. We know it's going to be a nutty, probably entire school year. So rather than let you, let it you know get you down, maybe embrace it of sorts. There's never been a school year like this. I'm talking about a whole year, and hopefully there will never be a school like this, a school year like this again, ever. Right by next summer, sure hope so. So rather than run away from it, let's embrace it. And as I've been telling folks for many many moons now. Let's make an epic yearbook for a truly epic year. So many stories to tell, and we'll have more on that in some of our upcoming episodes, so stay tuned. But in the meantime, thanks again for listening to the Yearbooking Report podcast. <laughs>